It's time to talk money, honey. Pull up a chair. You're going to want to take some notes. We have Regina Tanby, the financial planning expert with over a decade of experience, nominated for excellence in advice and best leader in business. Here's Money Talk with Rich. Just to let you know that this was recorded whilst COVID was in place and border restrictions were in place also. The quality of this podcast might not be up to LA recording studio standards, but the content is quality and mint. Enjoy. Awesome. Welcome to Money Talk with Reg. Uh, This is episode two, YOLO FOMO or JOMO. We have a special guest joining us today, the fabulous Christy Hocking. <laughs> Welcome to Money Talk, Christy. Thanks, Rich. Very excited to be here. Yay. Uh, now, just as a um, general advice warning to those listening, anything that we talk about or discuss um, in this podcast or across any of my social medias is always general in nature and you should really seek your own advice for your situation. Now, Let's talk a little bit about who Christy is. What do you do? Where do you live? Tell us all the juicy goss there is about who you are. Well, I'm an actor. I've been pursuing acting uh, since I left high school and um, I've since become a yoga instructor as well. I'm a presenter. I do some voiceover. Basically, I I say I'm a bit of a professional slasher. So, um, yeah, actor slash presenter slash yoga instructor. Um, basically just a freelancer and I live in Sydney. Uh, I have lived in Los Angeles and here for my adult life. And I think that's all the questions you asked. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you really are a, a Jack, Jack Ress of all trades um, in the entertainment industry. And um, I have absolutely loved watching you uh, blossom and your journey um, through, through it all. Now, working in this type of industry where you potentially don't have consistent hours, consistent jobs, consistent work, um, how do you actually navigate the the financial side of having um, lots of different balls up in the air with lots of Mm. different ways to get paid? Um, how, How do you manage your money? if you care to share. Yeah, look, it has been an ongoing um, finessing of how I do that. And it's been helped by um, my partner who is also a freelancer and has helped me in terms of spreadsheets. So yes, the short answer, spreadsheets will save your life. Um, I work, when I work, uh, when I get gigs with my agent, it's PAYG. Um, so I guess it's just keeping a track of that, um, which is fairly easy. They take care of it, uh, with my teaching and any presenting work and any kind of other, um, random jobs that I do that's through my ABN. So I just have, um, a really strong spreadsheet game and I have a calculator that, um, when I pop in whatever I'm charging, it calculates the tax I try to pop that tax away. I have learned in the past um, that (laughs) you must do this because um, I've been stung with some pretty high tax bills at the end of the year. Um, I've gone into quarterly payments for that and then out of it since COVID and work has dropped. Um, So navigating it, it's I've always had uh, backup jobs um, to support 
what I do. So at the moment I run an acting studio um, and that really helps me to to have a baseline income uh, and then any anything else is, is a bonus, I guess. Um, so yeah, it is really challenging and it is highs and lows. Sometimes you'll get that acting gig or voiceover gig that will be a big paycheck and it's hard to not want to run out and <laughs> spend it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And just full disclosure for our listeners, Christy is actually my little sister. So um, just for a little bit of context for our discussion, we, when it comes to our lifestyles, we, we probably live on different planets. Um, we are completely different in um, how our lives run. And, um, you know, I work in stable employment. Um, I have three children. I live in central Queensland. Um, you know, we've got some debt. We've got all the, the trimmings um, that come with a family. And so it, it's actually really fascinating because I, I know what you're like or have been with money previously and you have always kind of pushed it to the side. Um, so it's actually really wonderful to hear you talking about this stuff. Yeah, I've definitely, I've, definitely become more accountable um in my later years um i probably did the committed the biggest money sin at age 23 by getting a personal loan and <laughs> going overseas and at some points i think i was paying my personal loan off with my credit card i <gasps> yeah, yeah yeah look there was some there was some real um rocky <laughs> roads in the path to I wouldn't say I'm financially free but I'm definitely um I definitely have that savings the savings backup that every artist should when they when they have um a career that is up and down I'm actually reading at the moment this book called um the thriving artist and it talks about the myth of the struggling artist that you know you're, you're broke all the time and that's the only way you'll produce quality work and it's it's it couldn't be further from the truth I've always um, been focused on on having supplement inc income or making sure that I'm take ca taken care of because in this career I have to be constantly uh, reinvesting in myself through classes even you know by keeping my hair cut or <laughs> my skin yep. clean you know you have to invest in yourself in order to keep work flowing and I think that um yeah, if you're struggling to make ends meet or you're refusing to get a part-time job to assist with it, it's just never going to work. Yeah, that's awesome. And even I think um, for those of us that aren't in the entertainment industry, I think investing in yourself is probably one of the best things that you can do. And that that goes off on a whole other tangent, but that could be anything from making sure that you are looking after your um, physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health. Um, and, you know, I've recently posted about this, that if you are coming from a place of um, an empty cupper is what I call it and where I have been, um, you cannot be your best self and you can't give your best self to anyone else if you are an empty shell. So I think investing in yourself, not only to make sure that you have that self-care aspect, but you're also investing in your um, your knowledge and your learning in what you do um, and, you know, really, I guess, 
coming from a place of abundance means that you can help others and you can be your best version. And that's something Mm. that I've really focused on recently. And it's amazing how much better you feel. Yeah, I 100% agree. And in saying that, I mean, that was very holistic what you just said. And also it's some of it's tax deductible. So, you know, the classes (laughs) that I do, I sometimes as a presenter, I'm asked to do my own makeup. So yeah, you betcha I'm going to pop my foundation on my tax deductions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it- professional, professional development um, is what we call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I digress that subject, but keeping us on track um, mm. for the, the FOMO and YOLO. And yeah. um, I actually said FOMO to um, a client that popped into the office this morning and he looked at me with a very blank stare. So for those <laughs> of you who don't understand what FOMO is, it is fear of missing out and YOLO is you only live once so really these um these sayings are really about for me it's it's instant gratification it's the fear that you're missing out on something good and you must get in on it um and it, it really is enjoying in the moment but not necessarily thinking about um, the repercussions or consequences um, and also a little bit of self-sabotage too, which we will talk about. But Christy, can you give me your thoughts on um, fear of missing out and you only live once and yeah. how, how, how do you balance this in, in your really exciting, um, you know, not party lifestyle, but sort of, yeah. you know, that, that whole entertainment industry always from an outsider looking in, looks like there's always gatherings, there's always parties, there's always dinners. How do you balance this? Well, pre-COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, pre-COVID, yes. But yeah, no, um, I have definitely been through the period, like I mentioned earlier, of not so smart financial choices. Um, but I, I wouldn't take anything back for the world because it was such an incredible experience living internationally and making the most of the opportunities. In saying that, I would only accept invitations where I knew I was taken care of. And actually, there's you know, I think a little to be said for different cultures where that allow that, um, where I was living in Los Angeles. Um, if I was invited to an event, it was, um, I wouldn't really necessarily be spending money. It would be taken care of. Um, in Australia, I guess it's similar. Um, well, not really. I mean, gosh, there's some awards where, um, if you're nominated, you're still buying a ticket and the tickets are very expensive. Again, I think they may be tax deductible. Um, I am very much a YOLO in Camp YOLO. I don't have so much FOMO. Like if I decide I'm not going to do something, I'm not going to dwell on not being there um, because yeah, I would, the, I'm sure the decision has been made for a good reason. But with the YOLO, yeah, yeah, I'm, I feel that. And um, I think that, the uh chatting to friends who are also in my same position some of their um I wouldn't say regrets but musings on choosing this path is that a lot of the times they say no to travel or no to holidays and that's a common thing of the the artist or the entrepreneur or whatever you want to categorize uh, yourself under that you'll often just think no I've got to keep working I've got to keep hustling um, and that's one thing where my my yellowness or yellow <laughs> spike has come in. Um, that I've always par- prioritized travel and adventure. Um, I think, yeah, you you work hard, you play hard, um, but it's all in balance. I 
if I go to an industry event or, you know, more previously while living in Los Angeles to any networking things, um, I just be smart, smart about it. I don't necessarily need to have five cocktails or, you know, whatever it is. Um, in terms of uh, outfits, things like that, um, a lot of the times you can can do a, a contra thing and, and loan a dress. Um, yeah, I definitely have a pretty big wardrobe <laughs> um, with the many hats I wear. But, again, some of that is tax deductible um, when I am asked to bring clothing options to set um, that yeah. thing. So, yeah. Do you think that – do you think um, also um, that – I guess coming from the you only really attend events or take on gigs that are actually aligned with your values and your ethics as well. So this is something that we have personally spoken about previously, but um, and this is something that I speak with clients in the in the financial planning world is that if we're making decisions about what we do, what we participate in, what we purchase is this actually aligning with what our values are, what our ethics are, and is this actually supporting a lifestyle that we want to live? Yeah. So um, is that something that you have used or how do you navigate which event you go to or which dinner you go to or, you know, how do you how do you choose these sorts of things? A hundred percent. I mean, I think because, well, I mean, it, maybe in my 20s I would have felt that, um, I had to go to everything in order to be seen and connect with people. And yeah, those days are gone where I just attend a film festival or something just to get a picture on the red carpet or whatever it is. Um, I've, I've certainly done that. And you know what? It, like, it, it is fun and it is important to network, but you just have to work within your means. Um, I've also produced my own work and self-funded it. Um, along with a little fundraising um, uh, crowd, a uh, crowd funder, um, and navigating that was really interesting. Um, kind of assessing, well, how much of my own personal money am I willing to put into this project that I care so much about? And they they always say, you know, never never use your own money when you're producing a film. But I guess they are Hollywood and maybe have budgets elsewhere. <laughs> so I've I've done it. I've done a bit of a half and half. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, a this little film that I made will be around for the rest of my life. And um, the dress I wore to a film festival, I might you know that might get be in Vinnie's in a couple of years. So. Um, yeah, and also with the yoga, I mean, the yoga world coming into this, I always try to be conscious of where I am and whose energy I'm absorbing anyway. Um, there's a lot of kind of um, not well-intentioned people in show business as a whole. So, um, yeah. yeah, I guess I've just and there's, there's Yeah. There's energy suckers um, everywhere, yeah. really, and you need to be really protective of who you're spending your time with. And, you know, it goes back to that old saying that you, um, what's that saying about the the five people that you are around the, the most is a reflection. You're the average yeah. of the five people you spend the most time, yeah. 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 Um, so you need to be really um, careful about who you are actually expelling energy with, who you, whose energy you're absorbing um, and what you're doing. So yeah. that actually went on a whole really well, deep level there. <laughs> well, it's just like my, money is just energy, right? So I never am fearful of spending money. If I decide 
okay, I, I, you know, I need something and it's whether it's education, a workshop, an experience, a getaway, self-care, whatever it is, it's, that's, that's what I need. And I just trust that the money will come back in flow. And I've, I mean, the scariest moment I think was when I let go of, you know, I was working in a comedy um, theater and that was my last job that I let go of that wasn't really aligned with, um, you know, the ind- like the industry or, or my vision of how I wanted to work this path. And that was scary for sure. And but very, very quickly I was shown that it, it's going to be okay. You know, there might be a few weeks where work is really light and then you get a big gig and then you just have to kind of um, budget that money. Um, and it's always worked out. Um, yeah, and then and then COVID, but that's a different story. <laughs> I know. I feel like um, I don't want to use the unprecedented um, <laughs> word, but um, COVID has really, sh- uh, you know, thrown a spanner in the works yeah. for everyone um, financially. And I think it's even more important to go back to the basics, the fundamentals, the building blocks. And that, again, um, is, you know, um, what what are your your values, your goals, and um, how are you going to achieve these? What's your baseline of cost of living? Mm-hmm. And this is something that I talk about with clients all the time. And it's often greeted with a really strange look because they're like, what do you mean what's our baseline living? Mm-hmm. And when I talk about that, it means understanding without having all the, the frills and perks, how much it actually costs for you to live. Mm-hmm. And that's that's your non-variable expenditure. So actually filling out a budget or pulling out six months of your um transaction account and actually grouping all your expenditure and working out how much it costs for you to live actually is a very powerful tool Mm. because when you have massive fluctuations in income or change of situation you can always go back to that baseline and work backwards from there so you know that you need to cover your baseline living that is your absolute Um, I hate to say baseline again, but it is Mm -hmm. your baseline. So if that's covered, anything else extra um, is gravy baby, as Snoop would say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you, um, you need to cover your expenses and, when COVID and or not just COVID, mm-hmm. but when anything massive happens, like you might you might get ill, you might have to um, I don't know travel somewhere when COVID's not on. Um, you might have an ill family member, something I don't know. Your your pet might get sick. Whatever it is, you know, it's just understanding that you have enough um, savings and backing behind you um, to to get through um, these sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you were alluding to before is actually understanding how much it costs to, to house, feed, bathe you. Mm -hmm. And then that's what, that's your minimum income that you need to bring in and anything on top of that, well, you can start saving, investing, purchasing cars, whatever it may be. Um, that's just additional to your needs. Mm -hmm. So when we start throwing in, um, decisions to spend money based on YOLO and FOMO mm-hmm. and, 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 and the whole instant gratification, what that does is it actually sabotages your future self. And I know I sound like a cranky old lady when I say <laughs> this. Um, I am fun, I promise. Um, <laughs> but essentially what it is is if you don't have any goals, you don't have a plan in place, you have no idea what your budget budgeted living expenses are, you are literally making decisions without 
a good foundation in place. Mm. So it's almost like building a house with no foundation. That particular lifestyle is not going to last very long before it all comes crashing down. So if you want to be spontaneous, um, enjoy the the YOLO every now and then um, or and, you know, don't get too wrapped up in it, but just understand your basics and uh, and pay pay a bit of attention to your living expenses. Work out how much you need to have in savings, and then you actually give yourself um, permission or backing that if you see a dress that's on sale, mm-hmm. it's not going to break the bank or you because you you made that purchase. So I guess what I'm getting at is um, that whole instant gratification and spontaneity there's nothing wrong with it Mm. um, as long as you have the fundamentals and support behind you so I guess um, when you're making decisions impulsively this is actually really interesting I looked into the research around this Um, it's it's um, the brain actually gives you a positive response to your body Mm. or your emotional brain when you allow yourself instant gratification which I found absolutely fascinating it's like our body wants it so how do we actually fight this how do we I I don't know what your views are on this Christy how do we overcome the need to to have instant gratification well it's a hot topic I'll tell you what (laughs) (laughs) I think I mean I've noticed myself obviously when you know the start of this year things were quite serious and um, no money was being spent on anything that was not needed. Um, And then as things have started to pick up and and restrictions have lightened up, um, I found myself in this habit. I teach yoga on Saturdays and um, there's a beautiful little florist nearby and I'd find myself for, I mean, weekly for like, I mean, the past couple of weeks, wanting to get myself a little gift um so like fresh flowers or they also sell nice little oils and things like that um and it it became this habit and it's just like you said it was this I don't know drop of dopamine or whatever was happening chemically (laughs) that made me satisfied for the rest of my weekend so if I bought myself and often it was connected to beautifying the home so flowers a scented candle um a new pot plant something like that if I bought myself this little gift I was content to stay in for the rest of the weekend I didn't really you know feel like we I needed to go out or anything like that um but it's interesting the psychology of it because in my brain I was like well I just taught yoga I just earned some money and then I'm spending it straight away um but it was a <laughs> gift to make up for working the weekends poor me um but yeah I think we all go through those though that sort of reasoning yeah. though it's like you know what I've it's- had a really hard week um I'm going to buy this and that justifies it exactly. so you'll always yeah. find a way to justify it I think what has helped me as I get older and more educated is, um, is, and it's like what you're saying, what are your values? Like what, what do you, yeah. What do you value in this life? And for me in my consumption, it has to, it has to be conscious now. I can't just go and buy some yoga tights that Lord knows where they're made, um, I, I've found myself researching a lot more into into my purchases and that st- definitely has stopped me from spending. I mean, I, I stopped um, supporting fast fashion a while ago as much as I as I can. So when you come when you said earlier, you know, justifying oh buying that dress on sale, <laughs> like, yes, I totally mm. get that. But I've also allowed myself to buy other 
much more expensive items knowing that it's been consciously made and it's going to last mm. me for my lifetime and, and somebody else's. Um, so I think it just comes back to your values and knowing that I, and I think that generally, um, worldwide, we're more aware of, of, you know, having things doesn't, doesn't make us happy. That accumulation Mm. of, of stuff is really what's making us sad. Um, so yeah, just seeing through what actually makes you happy. And if that's seeing your friends and that can be a picnic at the beach, that's free or, you know, um, minimal cost, then great. And COVID has yeah. taught us that we don't need a new outfit every week because uh, nobody's looking at you. <laughs> it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And out, and the normalizing of, of outfit repeating, that's a big thing. Um, and I, yes. I talk to young women a lot about this as a part of this program that I um, do or a company I work for called Beautiful Minds and it's just highlighting that the media and um, that whole industry is just basically making women feel bad in order to to buy their products so just seeing through that as well um, yeah yeah that's really that's really cool that's a really cool initiative and um, I'm so proud of you that you're a part of that um, it, it actually and this this wasn't even you know on the agenda but this is really cool um, how, you know, and this is why I love podcasting um, or having conversations with people because you just uncover all these little gems um, Mm -hmm. that you want to talk about even more. So, you know, you're you're completely right that the lifestyle at the moment is so hinged on looking good um, for others, Mm -hmm. not not necessarily feeling good for yourself. Because people and... are broadcasting their lives. Um, we might not be able to necessarily see our loved ones um, or even in some parts, you know, we're very lucky here in Australia, but some people can't go out and socialise. So it's that, you know, filming and social media and uh, any, it's, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go down a whole other path if I start talking about that, about <laughs> the negative effects of social media. It's a powerful tool and I love it and it's great, but when it's used to make you feel bad about your life or what you own or how you look, then it's, yeah, that's a whole other piece. It's not cool. Yeah. But it, coming back to the, the money side of things, mm-hmm. and it really does tie into that, that whole, um, you know, the instant feel-good um, method is that, oh, you know, I'm just going to get um, this top or I'm just going to get this. Like I bought a $50 glass house candle the other day because <laughs> I saw someone had one and then I was like, oh, this is really like, oh, like, I don't know, maybe it just appeased a bit of my ego for yeah. a minute. But then I actually lit it and I was like, you know, I probably could have actually supported a local yes. business who makes yeah. candles. And then I actually felt a little bit guilty. So for me, it's really interesting that when I'm trying to potentially make myself feel better through a purchase, which, you know, I'm getting a bit psychological mm. here, but there tends to be an element of regret afterwards, mm. um, which is very interesting, the psychology of our purchases and our money. And, and I think I think that for, for the purpose of, um, you know, what we've been talking about, if you can make more conscious decisions and not be on autopilot when you purchase something or if you're setting up um, a date or um, a gathering with friends and family and, um, you know, it potentially is not inside of your budget um, or there's something, you know, it's going to stretch you for that week um you know have a chat with your friends and family and say you know what um you know i don't 
just communicate and, mm. and tell them, you know, this isn't this isn't the best week for me to to be attending a um a Michelin star restaurant. Um, you know, maybe meet them for a drink or catch up with them another time. But I feel like, and this is something that I see through my work all the time, is that people feel like they have to say yes to everything, and they and they have to. Um, accommodate their family and friends in what they want, um, even though it potentially puts them not in a good position financially. It's a really um, tough thing to navigate and I'm sure especially with a family and trying to keep in touch and um, see one another because, yeah, that that's yeah. an investment and that's really hard um, while also yeah. honouring what you want to do. I mean, I know... I've said no to to invitations from you and and um, family gatherings that I didn't want to invest in, and I think you might have yeah. regretted that trip too. <laughs> Not going to mention the wait. Um, maybe we should. For no, we don't need to mention anything. Just um. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. But then you then you make up for it in other ways. Um, and it's interesting that everybody and, has their own their own yeah values around money and how that makes them feel. So I've organized a, a group of friends to go away in a couple of weekends, um, and everyone had a different idea of what was affordable or expensive or what you know makes sense to pitch in for a shared accommodation. So it's just yeah, it's just interesting. We're all kind of different in how we how we spend our money um and what we place value yeah. on yeah a hundred percent and I think the great thing is that if you're surrounded by people who you love and adore and they love and adore you they don't care if you say yeah. no yeah because they love you anyway and chances are they're probably going to arrange something else another time to catch up with yeah. you so I I feel like sometimes um you know, with really long-term intricate um, relationships, um, you know, it, it can be quite um, interesting to tread through that, well, why don't you come to this or, or fly up here? And, you know, we our whole family lives, you know, thousands of kilometres apart. Yeah. So it, is, it can get really tricky navigating that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you love and respect each other um, and surround yourself with beautiful people, um, which you all deserve the happiness and, you know, you deserve the happiness <laughs> and I love you and um, our family because we can actually say what we mean yeah. and, you know, someone might get a little bit cranky but, you know what, at the end of the day we understand that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um and navigating that is it's it is really interesting because we all have our own issues when it comes to making decisions, spending money. Um, you know, we all have a different um, view on life and variety is a spice of life. So it is really interesting to navigate. But one of the biggest things that I've learned in in my role as a financial planner, as my role as a mother and a wife, um, and you know, juggling all those hats all the time, is if your communication isn't on point that's when the wheels start to fall yeah. off. So I cannot stress enough, and I say this to all my new clients that I bring on, is if there is something that is stressing you out, you have a question, you need help with, something changes, please just let me know so we can talk through it because a lot of the time the stress and the fear of what these conversations are going to be like are literally just a figment of the brain. Um, they're not. If you just talk it out and, and open 
open up the conversation that usually alleviates a lot of these issues. And I think that um, in the in the money world, um, it's the same thing. It's it's communicating to yourself first and foremost what what your priorities and preferences are, and second of all, to those that are important to you, who you spend your time with, um, they will understand and they will get over it if you say no. Exactly. I think um, at the end of the day yeah with the the whole um idea of of FOMO I don't think you have it if you are 100% confident in your values and you're okay to say no and that is a really hard thing to do I think particularly as women um we have this tendency to naturally want to appease everyone be it family friends or your offspring um you want to be able to satisfy everyone's needs. That's that nurturing um, side that is just wants everyone to be happy. But, you know, if you're not happy and if it doesn't feel, feel or sit right with you, then it's never going to be a great experience. Um, and, yeah, I guess yoga and acting and everything has always taught me just be in the moment. So I don't uh, – if I I don't um, – if I say no to something, I, that's, that's the end of the – discussion I won't regret that choice um you've gone with yeah. your gut and even if I if yeah. I did make a financial investment or a trip away you know I remember I went to Bali once and I um and then I missed out on this big callback for this audition I thought oh gosh um but you know you can't put your life on hold for what ifs and yeah. at the end of the day that trip was so soul, soul resetting um, and that's an investment. Um, so, yeah, it can it can be hard, but I think if we un, unglue ourselves from social media and that compare and despairism, then we will have less. Moment. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> compare and despair, yeah. and that actually that leads me into um, another point that I that I was going to um, talk to you about was um, the old keeping up with the Joneses um, situation. So I've noticed that, um, and you know, living living in a town where there is, uh, you know, we've got a lot of um, mining industry resources. There's a lot of um, high earning uh, people in our town, and um, you know, which is fabulous. It's a great place to live. Um, but sometimes I feel that there is a bit of um, keeping up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. and oh, uh, you know, if that person got that type of car or that person got a jet boat or you know, whatever it is, it's it's really interesting, this whole um, keeping up appearances side of things mm. because I, I actually have had some clients years ago um, come in and say, you know, um, our, you know, not our neighbours but who are our friends, you know, they've got this, this and this, um, you know, is there something wrong with us? Where, where we're sitting, yeah. is there something wrong? <laughs> Should we be doing stuff better? And I think that at the end of the day, you just need to remember that, you know, not everything is always as it seems. Yeah, that... uh, you have no idea what is going on behind closed doors and you have no idea how much of those toys or houses or whatever it is, is actually on borrowed yes, money. Yes, that honestly made me get a little emotional hearing that. I, uh, it, and I just keep thinking that it just comes back to what your, what your um, highest value is because if that is toys um, to 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 look a certain way, then man, I'd say, hey, take that money that you're saving for your jet ski, go take a yoga class or something, a mindful pra mindfulness practice that can, 
drop you into what really matters because at the yeah. end of the day if god forbid you had an accident or something and you can't use that jet ski it's going to sit in the garage is a photo of an unused jet ski going to make you feel any better about yourself compared to the neighbors i just and look don't get me wrong we live in i mean in sydney um and especially when i first moved here it is a very it can be a very pretentious city um it's a very yeah. much about you know money and all of that and it's been interesting for me coming back from la to here because there was such a big divide between um the wealthy and the not so um you know you'd have homeless people uh sleeping on the hollywood stars and people driving maseratis right by them um and yeah. i've come back and i my car is such a good example of you know what i value. oh my god please please tell them about your car <laughs> i love this <laughs> I, yeah well so in la i drove around it, it's yeah long story short when i when i lived in los angeles i didn't actually have a car which is unheard of really everybody has a car over there i just couldn't afford it so i had a little scooter and um yeah people would often laugh or be like wow like you australians you know <laughs> on, on i had a little bicycle <laughs> that i rode around and i had a little scooter um and then so when i came back to australia I didn't have a car for a while and that's okay in Sydney, you can public transport. But when I'm getting around from audition to audition and gig to gig, it's a little trickier. And I ended up getting a secondhand car for $800. It's a 1994 Toyota Corolla named Crosstola. Yes, girl. And she's the best. Um, she's now been with me for five years because she ain't broke so i haven't fixed her um she's amazing and feel can we can we just take a minute to celebrate <laughs> that can we just celebrate that <laughs> i'm so like you don't understand how many people spend so much money on new yeah. cars and look i full disclosure here i'm not bagging anyone that yeah. loves cars but for me it is an from a finance uh financial planning perspective Cars are money suckers. Yeah. They depreciate in value so fast. They cost you money. Um, you know, the resale value is usually not that great. And, yes, they're, they're an absolute necessity. I get it. Um, but you don't, the, you know, the $30,000 car is going to do the same job as the $100,000 yeah. car. Um, and, I look, I get it. If you have enough money and you can afford to live the great life and go and buy, you know, $100,000 cars, there is nothing mm. wrong with that. But if you're in a position where you actually can afford a $30,000 car and you want to buy a $100,000 car, do not even think yeah. about it. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I've, I've never been like a um, car person. But in saying that, I want to be completely transparent. There have been times where I've driven my car onto set or, you know, onto, in, a, in a situation, maybe I'm interviewing someone at an event and I have felt that, oh, I should be driving a better car. People aren't going to think that I am um, serious in my career. So there's definitely that yeah. underlying dichotomy or, you know, that, that psychology yeah, it's, of play. It's a real that, thing. Yeah. It is a real thing. And, look, this everything that we talk about is coming from a place of um, it's not malicious or, you know, I don't have anything against people who buy yeah. cars um, or anything like that. It's just understanding the position that you're yeah. in um, and not extending, overextending yourself. Yeah. That's right. Um, and it, 
it's it's actually really fascinating that you mentioned that because it's the ego part of your look. I know, I've read not that I'm an expert in the brain and the mm. and the personality um, psychoanalysis, but um, there are there's, there's certain parts of your ego that kind of goes, oh, if I had this, you know, maybe people would actually um, respect me yeah. a bit more. But it's it's actually really interesting that in my um, decade of planning, the people that are the wealthiest you would not yes. know because you would walk straight past them um, in the street and you would just go, that's just another average yeah. Joe. Because uh, most people, um, and not everyone, obviously, there are people that love to flaunt mm. it, um, but a lot, a lot of people, you wouldn't even know that they had money. It's a very, it's very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's, it is that part of the ego that just is attached to material objects and big thing in yoga is practicing non-attachment, not only to the material things, cause they will come and go, but also, uh, happiness and sadness or, or a certain, you know, highlight in your career to love, just knowing that everything ebbs and flows and, and not relying on these things to make us happy, um, which you can yes. kind of come back to your baseline, I guess. So what's your baseline of how to live? And also what's your baseline of contentment? How can you be okay with what you have? I mean, I, with the car thing, I am, I think this year going to say goodbye to Crestola and um, finally get a, a new car. And that's because I've, I've been chipping away and working and, you know, I got a motorbike and went off and did that and then come came back and thought, okay, you know, maybe this car isn't going to last forever. I'd like to go out on a good note rather than a forced note. Um, but not <laughs> rushing that. And that's been the help with uh, your advice and also my partner um, because I'm a very impatient person and I do, I am a bit spontaneous. So I, there has been times where I'm like, I'm just going to get a new car. But no, it's been yes. a long time coming. And yeah, um, I think we started on that conversation with the idea that um, living in the city can be quite pretentious. Um, so it, it, yeah, I have lived in areas where we're flaunting your wealth or appearing to to um have some sort of to be yeah, yeah that comes into play with with yolo and fomo um but i think because we were raised in in the country and you know like taught to be humble and and um quite down to earth that that hasn't really i've never in my adult life been like oh, i wish i was further along or um, had more savings or had more material possessions. That's that's never really been a thing. The only thing that's happened this year yeah. is, damn, I should have gone to Africa before. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> only um, FOMO, FOMO for, for yeah. seeing the world. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And then I was, I was just thinking, uh, what's something that's probably a bit pretentious that I that I really want? And you know, I think probably the most pretentious thing that I want is, um, you know, a variegated monsteria. But um, and for anyone that doesn't understand what that is, that's actually a plant. Um, it's a rare type of plant, and you know, you can you can actually pay like thousands of dollars oh, for man. variegated species of trendy plants. Hey. But at the end of the day, if I had that plant in my house, I would be so worried <laughs> that I would hurt it or kill it that I'd probably have like panic attacks looking after it. So 
um, you know, it's it's very interesting that the things that we often lust over and wish that we had aren't actually going to no. make us happier. No. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and I'm sure when I do get a new car, I will painstakingly worry every time I park it in Sydney City that someone will bump into me. Oh, um, that's the thing. Yes, those new car feels. Yes, um, and I'm I'm so proud of you and just watching your journey. And you know, you you've always been a bit more of a gypsy kind of go with the flow type, um, you know, it is what it is, um, whereas I've always been a really anal organiser, like don't leave anything mm-hmm. to chance type of thing. So it's it's absolutely really fascinating having you in this conversation because we're coming from two very completely different angles. And, you know, this has been really awesome talking to you about this because, um, I, I don't know, I've just really enjoyed our chat and, and what we've spoken about today. So I guess just in an essence of keeping um, time under control, um, is there, is, do you have any hot, um, any pointers or tips uh, for people that potentially um, are spending like crazy people just to keep mm. up appearances or uh, are feeling like they're, they're appeasing other people rather than themselves? Do you, do you have any hot tips, um, you know, maybe three tips for um, those people? <laughs> sure, I'll try. Um Put you on the spot okay. there, sorry. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just like, because I do love to be spontaneous and I get that and I get there's a joy from that, but um, can you take a breath and ask, well, what's my intention here? And if it's something that's quite short-lived that may even land you with a hangover tomorrow, is that really going to be a memory you're going to look back on in 5, 10, 20 years' time and think, oh, I really should have said yes to that Sunday three-course degustation <laughs> with the game, you know? <laughs> is that really going to be on your deathbed when you're thinking, oh, man? Um, and... I guess another tip would be, well, what what are you working on at the moment? Is it self-development? Is it advancing in your career? Is it education? Is it creating a family? Um, and from there, you can eliminate so many things. Um, and as your friends and family, you know, stick with you through your life, there's always going to be those ebbs and flows of maybe not seeing one another for a few months. And that's okay because that's, that's number one. You, you get to go to bed with you at the end of the day. Um, you can't be pleasing everybody. Oh, I like so, that. Um, that's two. Um, three, I think just coming back to practicing non-attachment, um, and seeing money as energy and if you want to be earning more money then um, how how do you upskill and how do you put yourself out there and I think that once you shine a light on that it's going to show you so many other things about yourself maybe even where you've been holding back where you've maybe been afraid to show your light or what you can give the world because once you open up that part of you, it's, you know, it's all going to come flooding in and, and accepting that even in the yoga world, there's many teachers who are like, Oh no, I can't. They struggle to accept money for their time. And it's just bizarre because Mm. it's just energy and it's just knowing what you're worth. Um, and then just not going overboard for, for what to keep up, as you said, keep up with the Joneses or whatever it is. Um, so yeah. (laughs) wow listen to those wisdom cookies i love it so that's awesome Uh, i guess um, i haven't even um mentioned that uh, my fabulous personal trainer um, and this goes along with what you were saying um, previously she's like you need to embrace jomo 
And JOMO is the joy of yeah. missing out um, because, girl, you are kicking butt and you are achieving your goals and it doesn't matter if you miss out on some things. So on that note, I would personally like to say thank you so much for being a part of this. This this whole podcast has been um, a bit of a, a dream, as you know, for, for yeah. a while and I haven't actually executed it yet. And I am so thankful and humbled that my beautiful baby sister has come on to talk to me about something that she previously has shied <laughs> away from. But you, we've actually had a really good conversation and I hope that it helps some people out there listening, even if they just go, yeah, yeah, oh, that's, you know, that's like mm. me too. And, oh, you know, it's all right if we say no and, you know, just realigning with who you are, set some goals. I wouldn't be a planner if I didn't say yeah. that. Set your goals, work out what's important to you, you know, and if it's not a preference or priority for the lifestyle that you want, you don't have Absolutely. to do it. And without yes. without sounding like the Debbie Downer, you do not... <laughs> have to be a caged animal in your house not spending any exactly. money <laughs> it's actually it's just understanding what your limits are and enjoying life I know it. we're wrapping up but one last thing that just occurred to me that I've learned in the past few years is honoring your own value and not being afraid to say no to work um so not just to social yes. things but you know knowing what you will and won't do and I think that's especially important in these industries or freelancers um, that you say no I've in the past few years I said no to more jobs than I've said yes and that does not mean that my yearly income has gone down if anything it's increased um, because I'm valuing myself and what I do even more and yeah, when you yes. when you embrace Jomo and you have those Saturday nights in your pajamas, you're so much more, as you said, filling your cup up um, to be able to honor honor that value. That's awesome! I love that. Thank you so thanks, much, Reggie. and um, thanks for being here. Hey, it's Christy here. Thanks for listening. If you want to stay in touch, you can find me over at Christy Hocking on Instagram or New Dawn Power Yoga. If you're in the Sydney area, sometimes I put on some free outdoor yoga and beach clean events. If you want to just keep in touch, you can head to my website, christyhocking.com. Good luck balancing your YOLO with your FOMO and you're in safe hands here with Money Talk with Reg.